right, folks, welcome, welcome, welcome. Another edition of From the Press Box with Wade Neely. I'm your host, Pulaski Citizen Sports Editor, Digital Content Manager, Wade Neely, sitting in the saddle. Hope everybody had a very safe and very happy new year. This is the Thursday, January 4th edition of the program. And wow, we are already into 2024, and we are already into the thick of district basketball season. That will be kind of the focus of the show today. We will not have a special guest this evening, uh, or this afternoon, I should say, as uh, things were kind of crazy yesterday here at the Citizen Headquarters, where we broadcast each and every single week. Things were hectic on Wednesday. A lot of big news uh, going down in the community. Uh, we had an unfortunate, unfortunate uh, car crash that happened uh, very close to the citizen headquarters. And uh, so our resources and faculties were deployed there. We certainly uh, hope all of the uh, Giles County area youth that were impacted in that car crash on Wednesday afternoon are safe. They're in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, so no special guest today because uh, we were without power uh, for a good chunk of Wednesday and really just wanted to tap into what we got going on uh, in terms of district basketball. So we'll preview district basketball kind of in our middle section, but we'll just go ahead and dive right in. As I mentioned, it's our first show of 2024. So delighted to be back with you guys. This thing launched back in August. And uh, for those that maybe thought this was going to be just a football show, uh, we've continued to roll right along, and we are uh, excited to be continuing this thing into 24. And speaking of 24, we got big things coming, both uh, on From the Press Box and uh, with Pulaski Citizen Live, so stay tuned for that. Uh, if you're interested in reaching out to us, we're always uh, looking for uh, sponsors to come and join the fold, whether that's with this show, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or if you're interested in uh, hopping on the airwaves as part of our uh, sponsorship team with Pulaski Citizen Live, uh, feel free to reach out to us and check us out there. Over the break, wow, big, big break. Kind of crazy the way the calendar fell this year with obviously uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve both falling on a Sunday, meaning the holidays were on Monday. Everybody's kind of out of whack. I'm a little out of sorts myself. And uh, wow, it was a crazy uh, couple of weeks for yours truly as our teams, other than Richland, both Richland teams were in action at the Christmas Classic up there in Linville. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, the two Giles County teams, uh, they were out of uh, the, the local area. So had a little bit of a break. And wow, uh, it all began on Christmas Eve as uh, the Titans hosted the Seahawks, uh, continuing the Titans season that has kind of just continued to just go up and down. And uh, they suffered a loss uh, to the Seahawks. I was on hand for that one on the sideline there as uh, and in the press box as the Seahawks come back at the end of the game and knock off the Titans. And so Tannehill got his final uh, potential start there. We'll see if Levis will go this weekend in the finale versus Jacksonville. Uh, may have already announced the starter by the time you watch this, but still kind of up in the air at the moment. Could be the last, obviously, the swan song there for Tannehill. And if you're not uh, reading too much into it, or if you are reading too much into it, a lot of folks are speculating this could be the end of the run for Derrick Henry. Uh, so one of his last two home games, I'll be there this Sunday when they take on the Jaguars as well. And it could be the last time that we see King Henry in uh, two-tone blue. So that will be uh, interesting. So that was on uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, immediately came back to Pulaski, celebrated Christmas with the family, and then loaded right back up 
uh, made a road trip. Uh, folks that know me know I am a Jets fan. And, uh, you know, sometimes I admit that publicly. Sometimes I, I keep that kind of privately because uh, it's, it's a tough road being a Jets fan. Let's just be honest, folks. Uh, more often than not, we don't have a lot to cheer for. Obviously, everybody knows what happened with Aaron Rodgers at the start of this season. So my hopes were kind of dashed in week one. My hopes were kind of dashed on the very first drive of the season, unfortunately. So uh, kind of put that all in the rearview mirror, but had a chance to take a road trip. The Jets were playing the Browns. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, folks, uh, if you have not been to a Cleveland Browns game, especially, I assume, when the team is doing well, uh, it is a unique experience. Obviously, having covered the Titans for 10-plus years now, um, that's really my only familiarity in terms of the NFL game uh, outside of a game played in London earlier this year that I had a chance to go to. But going up to the Brown Stadium, it was unique. And I say it was unique in the sense, for those that go to the Titans games, there are big pockets of fans, whether it's the Cowboys. Uh, there were a lot of Seahawks fans that were there on Christmas Eve. They always uh, struggle at times to just protect their own stadium a little bit. And that was the first thing that just blew me away was that the stadium that night, Thursday night, it was about 45 degrees. It wasn't too, too cold by Cleveland standards. And there were only a smattering of Jets fans. Uh, girlfriend and the family had me decked out in the Jets gear. They said, no, you need to wear it. You need to wear it. And I wasn't fearing for my life. But I was just shy of that because uh, the Browns fans were fired up. Obviously, they have uh, clinched a playoff berth, and they're riding high with Joe Flacco. They even had a chance before the Ravens went uh, nuclear at the end of the regular season to maybe slip into the playoffs uh, as the one seed or at least win the division. So uh, it was very unique. The stadium was packed. The stadium was protected. It felt much more like a college atmosphere than the traditional NFL games that the Titans have played in Nashville. So that was very unique. That was very fun. Obviously a Thursday night game. Yeah, they're kind of weird on television. The scores are kind of weird and wonky, and the play is not necessarily always the best. Uh, but the Browns put on a really good show in the first half especially. Uh, even got to see a Jets touchdown. It was very disappointing, obviously, uh, as a longtime suffering Jets fan, to see Joe Flacco uh, carving up the Jets. And, and throwing even a touchdown to another former Jet in Mitchell there. So it was, uh, man, it was, it was just tough to see uh, Gang Green go down like that. But it was a great experience. So that was on uh, the 28th. We immediately hit the road, go back to Nashville, work the Music City Bowl. And our publisher here at the Pulaski Citizen, Scott Stewart, uh, I was texting him during the game, and Auburn did not look great. There ain't no other way to say it. Maryland came out, took the game. Uh, right from the jump, they were up 21 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, there were a ton of Auburn fans, as you might expect. Maryland had a pretty good contingent, but there were a ton of Auburn fans. One of the more largest, uh, one of the largest Music City Bowl uh, games in terms of attendance. I think it was fourth all time on the all time attendance list, and uh, the previous three, uh, two of those featured Tennessee, which obviously you expect would do very well. So uh, it was a fun experience, but kind of a whirlwind covering Titans, going to Jets, Browns, and then immediately coming back uh, for the Music City Bowl. And then that leads right into the Michigan-Alabama game on, uh, on Monday with the national semifinal there. Also, Texas-Washington, obviously. We'll come back more at the end of the show. We'll go over the fearless forecasters. We'll talk about the playoff. Uh, but, wow, how about them Wolverines? 
uh, our good buddy over in Lincoln County, for those who listen to us on Pulaski Citizen Live, Eddie Cunningham said it a couple weeks ago. He said he likes the Wolverines, and uh, you know I'm a fan, uh, but I tried to put my neutral hat on, and I didn't really give them a great shot to beat Alabama. But at halftime, uh, when they were in control of the game a little bit, at least knew you might have a chance to come down the stretch and get a win. And so, again, we'll chat on that. Let's get into uh, a little bit of the, the big bit of business here. Highlights from the, over the holiday break for our local teams. How about the Richland girls? The Lady Raiders go off in the Christmas Classic. They go 3-0. and They win the Christmas Classic for the first time since 2018. Uh, they won two games last year and then lost in the championship to a really good Summertown team, but not this year. They open it up with a win versus uh, Hickman County, 50-32. to They follow up with a 49-19 win versus Laverne, and then they closed it out uh, 51-35 versus Clements, Alabama. Shout-out to Coach Chad Hall. Shout-out to the coaching staff at Richland, and shout-out to the Lady Raiders. Shelby Higgins averaging 21.7 points per game, almost 22 a night in those three games, and Bailey Blair averaging just over 17 points a game as those two really kind of carrying the load. Again, if you've missed the news, Mary Avery McNeese uh, feared to be out for the season with an injury, so those two are going to have to step up the scoring even more so. Uh, the Richland boys, they go 2-1. and one. Uh, they fall in the championship game to a really good, I mean a really good 4A Ravenwood team. Coach Jason Loveless has got the guys playing a little bit better. They've been kind of up and down um, throughout points of the season. They're still trying to kind of find their identity a little bit, and the guys are battling, but they lost to a really good Ravenwood team in the championship game. It's one of our feature stories in this week's edition of the Pulaski Citizen. Uh, worth pointing out also that Richland girls and boys did knock off Fayetteville on Tuesday of this week, and they are set to take on Cornersville Friday. Uh, more on that in our district preview coming up in just a minute. The Giles girls, they played before Christmas, uh, went one and one in the Marshall County Classic. They lost their opener to Centennial, but then they followed up with the win uh, versus Kolioka. And on uh, the first game back on Tuesday night of this week, they fell to Lincoln County. Ladies are still battling hard, showing signs of life, showing signs of improvement. And uh, they have a game tonight, if you're watching this on Thursday, versus Spring Hill. Spring Hill's kind of a 500 team here, so maybe a chance for Lady Bobcats to go on the road and pick up a win. Finally, the Giles County boys, they played three really tough games. I mean really tough games down at the Athens border battle as uh, they won a narrow contest versus Westminster on the opening day. They followed up with a two-point win versus Brooks, Alabama. And then in the championship game, as it were, they fell in their own gym to Athens, Alabama. Uh, Athens coming back. Uh, Giles County had a chance to put the game away, let Athens hang around, and they end up winning it 52-50. to Giles followed up with a nice win Tuesday night versus Lincoln County. And a reminder, if you uh, ever miss any of our broadcasts on Pulaski Citizen Live, those are archived immediately. You can go back and check them out there. Other quick hitters before we get into the meat of our show. Again, our district preview coming up in just a matter of moments. Uh, UT Southern men's basketball. Let me just run down this, by the way. UT Southern, the Firehawks. Uh, Coach Dugan Line has got the guys playing at an exceptional level right now. They are 13-2. and They're undefeated in the conference at 7-0. and They go on the road and beat Faulkner. Faulkner is not, uh, right now at least, playing up to their usual standards, but winning on the road in that league is always tough. 
and uh, they got to win 81 to 74 on Tuesday night of this week. Darian Hudson goes for 21 points. He was 9 of 10 at the free throw line. And then you had double-digit efforts off the bench from Kobe Isaac and Kendall Wright, 13 and 10 there. And Tad Sibley uh, just missed a double-double. He had 11 points and 9 rebounds. Former Summertown standout Brady Brown had a tough night shooting. He was 0-7 from beyond the arc. Kind of tough to shoot on the road some nights. And so he ended up with 7 points. Uh, but UT Southern continues to roll, and that conference poll should be dropping, or that national poll should be ranking. UT's going to be in uh, the top 25 before this thing is all said and done. Final shout-out before we close out our opening segment here. Again, uh, all-district basketball uh, talk coming up in just a moment. Main Street Preps, all mid-state football teams were just announced. We're going to run this in the Pulaski Citizen either this week or the next and Giles County is well represented. Kamari Turner, the Swiss Army knife for Giles County, running back, receiver, quarterback, uh, defensive back, kick returner, punt returner. He it's, uh, gets a nod on the second team all mid-state offense. That is a huge honor considering this is among all classifications in the mid-state. So uh, that's not a 3A poll. That is an all mid-state team amongst all classifications. Shout out to Kamari Turner uh, getting it done there. Honorable mentions on that list, senior running back Exorion Randolph. I was really hoping that he would sneak onto that list as hard as he's ran this year and as great a career as he has had, unable to get on it, but he does get the honorable mention, as does Chase Carden, uh, outstanding kicking career for Giles County, and then also Caleb Oates gets a nod on the honorable mention list there. So, uh, again, that's going to run in print either this week or the next but uh, four shout-outs to the Giles County All-Mid-State Seniors. I nominated Luke Eastlick also from Richland. I'd hope to get him on the list, uh, but he falls just shy. So salute to those four young men for Giles County. And more on that. Speaking of more to come, on the other side of this timeout, we are going to be back in the saddle here. We're going to break down the new districts for all four of our area teams. We'll talk Lady Raiders. We'll talk Lady Bobcats. We'll talk Bobcats. We'll talk Raiders. And we will talk all things district as Richland kicks off district play tomorrow night on Friday and Giles County gets cranked up next Tuesday. That is on the other side of this timeout. So stick with us, folks. We're back right after this. From the press box with Wade Neely rolls on right after this. He shoots and he scores! All right, folks, welcome back. Segment number two here on From the Press Box with Wade Neely. Hope you're enjoying the show, our first one of 2024. As we told you guys, no special guests this week. You're stuck with me, but don't worry. We've got some big uh, guests on the horizon coming up for our future shows. As promised, let's dive right in. District season for basketball. Basketball is a weird sport. You play in the month of November. You play in the month of December. And really, the games don't mean anything in terms of where you stand and stack up toward the end of the season. Uh, I'm going to stop short of calling them glorified exhibitions, but really that's kind of what they are because no game really means anything in terms of your postseason until you get to January. Uh, Save for a few districts uh, 
Uh, you see that in college basketball, too, sometimes. They'll play a few conference games before uh, the new year, but usually all after Christmas holiday. So new district for everybody, new, one new one for Giles and one new one for Richland. Uh, new in the sense of new teams. We'll dive right in, the Lady Raiders and the Raiders. Breaking down this one, and again, if you're watching this on Thursday, tomorrow night, it's Cornersville and Richland. The Battle of Buford Station, Hardwood Edition, it is going to be a battle. Those teams are already, there's no love lost between those two teams. And now that they're back in the same district, uh, it is going to be an exciting showdown. Mark Mize and Jennifer Hawkins will have your call coming up tomorrow night. So breaking down your new district this year, I mentioned Cornersville will be in the mix alongside some of your other old faithfuls. All these teams are in Murray County. You have Cullioca, Hampshire, and Santa Fe. And in terms of the pecking order uh, for the ladies, uh, you know, everything's kind of still up in the air a little bit. Richland's still playing well, even though they've lost Mary Avery McNeese, their third leading scorer there. But I think Richland's got enough depth. Uh, they've got enough of a one-two punch just with the one and the two with the Higgins and Blair there. I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. A district title certainly uh, is in the grasp for Richland which has not been the case the last couple of years because Wayne County has been in their district. And Wayne County, obviously, going to Murfreesboro the last couple of seasons, they are now not even in the same region. So uh, they move all the way out entirely, and that's good news for the Lady Raiders. Uh, I think a district championship is very much in play uh, for Richland this year. you got to like their chances uh, every game at home. Uh, Cornersville, Cullioca, Hampshire, and Santa Fe – uh, I would not be surprised if Richland wins uh, certainly all their games at home. If they were going to drop one on the road, if they were, uh, no disrespect to any of these other schools, but Cornersville is really the only team that I can see uh, Richland maybe struggling with on the road. Cullioca just downtrodden a little bit, as is Hampshire. Uh, Santa Fe could be a little bit of a wild card, but Richland should be able to pull that out. Uh, would not shock me to see the Lady Raiders uh, go undefeated in district play. Uh, this year. Flipping the side over now to the boys' side, Coach Jason Loveless, I mentioned in our opening segment, team is kind of up and down a little bit this year. Um, it will be really, really tough in district play for Richland this year if they are not playing at a high level. Cornersville, man, talk about jumping right out of the gate. No gimmies. That will be a fun, high-profile showdown as the Cornersville Bulldogs come in. Uh, pull up Cornersville's Stats real quick here, as this is getting ready to take place inside the Dwight Clark Memorial Gymnasium. Cornersville's already been battle-tested. Uh, got several losses on their record, but they got a guy like Ben Franklin, uh, who's a Mr. Football finalist. Uh, you got to figure that Cornersville will be up for that game. Uh, that's how they kick off their district season. Kalioka, uh should be an easy win for Richland at home. Could be a little bit of a difficult test if you don't show up and play well on the road. Hampshire, kind of the same case there. Got to think that Richland is uh, going to win both of those ball games. Uh, but again, on the road, especially, kind of got to bring your A game. And then we get to the elephant in the room in terms of boys' basketball. You know, Richland has kind of been able to cakewalk through this district the last couple of seasons uh, at times. And they certainly, uh, the few times that they have lost games in district play are ones where you feel like they should have won. They kind of let it slip through their grasp. But this year is all signs pointing to showdowns 
uh, versus Santa Fe. Santa Fe's got obviously a whale of a talent in Auden Slaughter, who's a junior. This kid might end up with 7,000 career points the way he's scoring, averaging 30 plus this year, uh, continuing to play at just a very high level. They are 13 and one. Their only loss came at the Richland Christmas Classic to Ravenwood, the team that wins the whole thing, and it was 69 to 54, a pretty close game, all things considered, uh, for Santa Fe there. So Santa Fe will host Richland on Friday, January 12th, so a week uh, from next uh, week from tomorrow night. And then they return and go to Richland on a Tuesday on January 30th. That, to me, is how the district is going to be won, whether it's Richland or Santa Fe, who can split those games or maybe even win potentially both. Uh, I don't see either team really struggling uh, outside of those games against each other. So kind of sim a pretty similar script for Richland uh, in terms of their district shakeup. Obviously, you lose Wayne County. Obviously, you lose Collinwood. And I mentioned uh, that those teams are no longer even in the district uh, opposite of you that you meet in region. Region opponents now are Eagleville, Fayetteville, Huntland, and Moore County. And in terms of ladies' action, Eagleville should be a pretty challenging out. And uh, Huntland has obviously given them fits in the years past. So region will be pretty tough for the Lady Raiders. Looking ahead, though, region for the boys. They've already got a nice win versus Fayetteville on the road earlier this week. Uh, will be equally tough, though. So that's why that game versus Santa Fe is going to be so big in the district uh, schedule to ensure that you get as high a seed as possible, try and get the one seed and try and make your way through your region. Uh, you would still meet Wayne County uh, in terms of girls on the sectional side. You still are going west, as it were. Uh, so we'll see how things shake up there. Giles County, though, whole new ball game. Cats have moved up to Class 3A. They got a whole lot of new opponents, new opponents, even though they're familiar names. Uh, they mean a whole lot more. Giles County begins its district season next Tuesday. The Bobcats will host uh, Lawrence County next Tuesday. Scott Stewart has been covering a lot of Lawrence County sports already this year, and he is uh, foaming at the mouth for this game. He said it's going to be an epic showdown Tuesday night inside Hardin Mayfield Gymnasium. Also in the mix are Franklin County, Marshall County, Tullahoma, and Murfreesboro Central Magnet. Uh, it is going to be a brutal schedule uh, for both Giles County's girls and boys this year. Start with the girls. Realistically, the Lady Bobcats, there are no teams like Mount Pleasant. There are no teams uh, like Lewis County, as I drew a small blank there. But um, it will be interesting to see how they shape up in this district this year. Don't know a lot about Magnets girls, uh, Tullahoma girls, not having that great of a season thus far. That could be a very winnable game, especially playing at home. Um, and then maybe take your chances versus Marshall County at home as well. Um, Franklin County be tough as well, but uh, the Lady Bobcats, as long as they just continue to stack moral victories, uh, I think victories on the court are on the horizon for GCHS. And to kind of close it out, the boys, if you're looking for great basketball, this is going to be a fun district to cover this year because uh, Loretto and Summertown no longer in the district, but Mount Pleasant and Lewis County, kind of like the girls, those were really easier games for the Bobcats the last couple of seasons. Uh, there are no gimmies this year. Uh, Franklin County is going to be tough. Lawrence County, we just mentioned, will be tough. Marshall County, obviously, uh, they could be 0-20, and if they come into Hardin-Mayfield Gymnasium, they're going to give you their best effort. They could win that game easy. So that will be a tough set of uh, ball games. 
Tullahoma, obviously, a new opponent going on the road, playing in the big gym. That will be uh, extremely interesting. And then on the boys' side, Murfreesboro Central Magnet is going to be a really tough out for Giles County this year, whether they're playing at home or on the road. Magnet's already got a nice win earlier this year uh, versus Fulton, the defending 3A champ. And so this district, there are no easy games. Coach Nick Campbell told us earlier this week, it's kind of going to be like the Big Ten in basketball where everybody just beats up on each other. And you're probably going to see the district champ have one, two, maybe even three losses uh, because that's how tight these games are going to be. So uh, I'm excited for the district schedule this year. I know it's going to be fun. We're going to cover them all on PCL, and uh, we will bring you guys the action each and every single night. District basketball previews in the books. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we will close it out with a little talk about our final fearless forecasters, and we will wrap up our first show of 2024. Back after this on From the Press Box with Wade Neal. Thomas Drugs, serving our community since the early 1900s. We're a full-service drugstore in Soda Fountain located in a building on Main Street that is on the National Register of Historic Places. We have a staff of pharmacists with over 70 years of experience, and we are committed to offering the best care and service to our community. We're now offering healthcare testing and treatment with positive results, a one-stop shop. Stop by our pharmacy today or visit our website at thomasdrugs.net. All right, folks, welcome back in. Final segment from the Press Box with Wade Neely. We are going to wrap things up as we have done for the last several months, the fearless forecasters, the tail of the tape, and I did my best. I don't know what else I could say. I don't know what else I could do. I laid it all on the line heading into the final week uh, as I entered the week, uh, entered the contest, trailing Kerry J. Malone for uh, second place by four games, trailing Mark Mize, our uh, fearless forecaster leader, by six games. I Threw it out there. I even noted. I said, I'm throwing a Hail Mary on some of these picks. Sometimes Hail Marys get answered. And a few of the games actually broke in my favor. But here is the final tale of the tape and a special shout out uh, coming up at the end. First game, nailed Rutgers. Rutgers defeats Miami. Did not do well. The next game, however, is Kansas State. Knocks off NC State. Uh, did nail Oklahoma, uh, losing to Arizona. Both Mark and I had that one there. The one that really pained me was Kentucky, kind of let me down right at the end there as Clemson comes back. Uh, Dabo, yeah, you know about Dabo. Uh, just tough to see Clemson come back and win that one after Kentucky played so well throughout the game. Notre Dame absolutely clobbered Oregon State. Everybody picked uh, Notre Dame in that one. Uh, everybody except for uh, one picked Iowa State over Memphis, so I didn't even have a chance to – uh, gain any ground there so that game is a wash i thought my luck was going to take a turn for the better when missouri beats ohio state and it's worth pointing out that mark mize our fearless forecaster leader he and spoiler he and carrie jane malone end up tying but mark mize couldn't even be bothered couldn't be bothered to pick his own missouri tigers this wasn't like it was a 30 point uh, spread, a 30-point favorite for Ohio State. This was Missouri and Ohio State, two really good teams, one full of opt-outs. The other's a really good SEC team, and Mark picks Ohio State. So even though it's a tie with him and Kerry, come on, man, you got to do better than that. Uh, but Missouri, I did pick them. I thought that's when my luck was going to kind of start taking a turn for the better. 
Uh, Penn State kind of let me down. Shout out to Lane Kiffin. Shout out to Ole Miss. Uh, big win for them there. Thought my luck was going to continue, however. I was at the Music City Bowl, and I watched Maryland uh, go in and destroy Auburn. And I'm thinking, okay, we got a shot at this thing. Uh, everybody nailed Georgia over Florida State. Thank you, by the way, College Football Committee. You got it right. We had two electric semifinals. And, yes, at Florida State, they probably, quote, unquote, deserved to be in there going undefeated. But just by the eye test alone, uh, did not meet the stuff this year. And they absolutely got drilled by Georgia. Big game that I thought was going to swing me for the good forever was Mark Mize picking Toledo. I picked Wyoming. Wyoming wins on a late field goal. Uh, I know that because I was glued to the television watching that thing uh, as trying to make a comeback there. The other game that led me down on New Year's uh, Day was Wisconsin. Had the lead on LSU for a big chunk of the game. LSU comes back, wins the game. And at that point, my fate is kindly sealed. Uh, the real stinker that I had, uh, it wasn't a knock on Tennessee. Uh, I'm not an Iowa fan per se. But I thought Iowa's defense, especially, uh, these picks were turned in two weeks ago, but especially once Joe Milton opts out, I'm thinking Iowa versus a brand new quarterback Thought their defense would play a lot better. Shout out to the Vols fans and shout out to Kerry and Mark. That was the game that really kind of sunk my ship there and uh, ended my bid uh, for the season. So we lose that one. Did nail Oregon as everybody did, even though Liberty gave him a little scare early. And then went perfect on, on, on New Year's Day. Went perfect. Had Michigan. Had my Wolverines knocking off Alabama. Obviously didn't think it would end the way that it did. But wow, what a win in overtime for the maize and blue and predicted Washington to beat Texas. Uh, one of only two in the pool that picked uh, Washington to knock off Texas. And I thought Texas probably was the better team, but again, I was kind of just trying to shake things up. Uh, didn't know uh, if it would come down to that, but I ended up swinging for the fences, throwing Hail Marys come up just shy. So Mark and Kerry, they finished tied at 186 and 83 on the year. Mark goes 8-8 eight and eight in the bowl season. Kerry with a very spirited come-from-behind effort. Shout-out to my girl, Kerry Jane Malone. She and Mark tie. I believe that's the first tie ever in Fearless Forecasters history. And uh, that tie should come with an asterisk. Kerry should be in first because, Mark, shame on you for not picking your Missouri Tigers. I finished 10-6, and six, go 182-87. and 87. I'm going to hear about this for the rest of my life, but my sister, Callie Lynn Neely, she's over at Patina Salon and Company right next door to us on the Pulaski Square. Shout out to Patina Salon. Uh, Callie goes 11-5. and five. Uh, She picked Tennessee. I picked Iowa. That was kind of one of the difference makers there. Uh, again, I'm going to hear about that forever. Uh, Daniel Haney finishes 11-5. and five. He goes 179-90. and 90. And then our guest, uh, or our winner this week uh, was Matt Jones who finishes first overall, Bobby Dale Holly and Neil Newton finish second and third. It was a great ride on Fearless Forecasters this season. We had so much fun playing. Thanks to everybody each and every single week for turning in your submissions. Uh, again, uh, if you pick perfect, you win cash money. So be on the lookout in future editions of the Pulaski Citizen uh, next year during football season for Fearless Forecasters. That's all the time we've got, folks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. District play will be underway. Again, Richland uh, takes on Cornersville tomorrow night, Friday night, to begin their district season. And then Giles County takes on Lawrence County next Tuesday. All of those district games will be broadcast on Pulaski Citizen Live. So make sure you tell a friend. 
to tune in to PCL to catch the games. Make sure you tell a friend about From the Press Box. We'll see you next week. I'm Wade Neely saying so long here from Citizen Headquarters.